As Rab launched his first company, raised 15 million bucks of equity and sold it to R.R. Donnelly, then went into about caught 2012 time frame, launched Nehas, which is serving financial institutions, helping them to launch customized offers to consumers faster in a more automated way. They broke a million dollars of revenue in 2013, 10 million in 2019, last year did 35, and today had a run rate of about 40 million bucks. He's done this basically bootstrapped, caught two to three million raised early on. Investors today own 17%, ESOP pool of 14%. He owns the rest and he's really serving 20 specific financial customers. Several of them pay more than $10 million per year. So really deep, not wide. He has said though, moving forward, he'd maybe look at the other hundreds of financial institutions with 10 billion or more in AUM. We'll see what he does next. Hey folks, my guest today is Rab Gobel. He's the founder of multiple enterprise software companies, including Zenerate and Nehas, which serves some of the biggest brands in financial services. He's got an MS from Rochester Institute of Technology and Computational Imaging, where he was the president's scholar. He's also serves on the board as a board member at AL for All. Rab, you ready to take us to the top? Sorry, AI for All. Rab, you ready to take us to the top? Of course. Of all course. Right, very cool. So what is Nehas? Give me a customer story. How does a customer use you? So the best story we can use it is you pick any of the top 10 banks in the country. When they want to send a new product, create a new product or send a new offer to you, we are the organization, we are the platform they use to create the new product or or pricing or a specific offer for a consumer. It is approved in our platform. The content for that offer is created in our platform. It's delivered into the channel using our platform. And then when a customer actually takes advantage of this product or offer, we are the platform that manages whether they should get the credit once they've achieved their goal. So a good example would be an in financial services, an offer might be, hey, I'm going to give you $500. If you open yeah, that's right. instead, of, instead of a conceptual example, I mean, is there a case study you've publicly published that we can actually talk about a real example to help people understand what you do? Yeah, of course. So let's use uh, Bank of America as an example. Okay. Right. So when you're talking about Bank of America as an example, they say, is, I want to create a new product or a new offer. Right. And an offer would be they, they would go to the market saying is, hey, if you open up a new checking account or you open up a new credit card account, I'm going to give you um, $500 as long as you open the checking account, you move $10,000 into the checking account and you connect it to your direct deposit as an example. So somehow they have someplace they have to create the offer. They have to create the content associated with the offer. They make sure that the offer meets all the compliance requirements, right? Then they have to deliver this product or offer into the marketplace. And once somebody takes advantage of this offer, then they have to make sure that you meet all those requirements before they give you the $500. Understood. So we have the analytics engine in the back, which actually takes all the transactional data that's coming in, evaluates it and then tells you. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, that's a great case study. So you're focused on financial uh, firms, banks, you know, especially some of the top 10, the top 10 banks in the world. Um, um, help me understand what these banks pay on average or any customer pays on average per month or per year to use your technology. Um, it is 
literally uh, i mean we are the infrastructure behind the customer experience so we have customers who pay us anything from a million dollars to 10 million in arr okay so you have a couple customers paying you more than 10 million dollars per year yes okay so so like two or three pay more than 10 million per year or is it just yes. like one 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 use case uh no this is if they if they're using a variety of use cases on our platform right so our platform focus on financial services we have a variety of use cases on a platform so if a customer is using a lot of varieties of use cases it 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 can be 10 million dollars a month Oh, what's going on there, YouTube? Good to see you guys. Now imagine this. You love watching these interviews with SaaS founders, but imagine if we took all of the valuation data out from over 2,807 interviews I've done manually. Saves you a lot of time. Well, we've done this. We've built it into the beautiful interface inside of FounderPath. Check this out. I'll show you how you can access this in a second, but you log in, you connect your Stripe account, you see your valuation real time, you can see what it changed over the past 88 days, and even set goals for valuation this year. Now, the secret valuation is there's many different ways to value a SaaS business. So the reason you're going to see three or four different valuations inside of your FounderPath dashboard, this is all free by the way, is because depending on who's doing the buying of your SaaS company, you're going to get a different valuation. A VC is going to pay a different valuation. Private equity firm is different. If you're going to do a minority sale, that's different. And if you sell the whole business, that's a different valuation. You can see all those when I hover over here. Right, so the teal is what a VC would pay. Yellow is what private equity, and red is if you sold the whole thing outright. Now, what's cool about this is this is not built off random data. Again, you guys hear these interviews on YouTube. All these data are built from real-time valuation data points founders share with us on the show. So traction, one point two million seed round, three point seven raise. They sold twenty two percent of their business. Go in here and filter by the event. Maybe you only want to see companies that have sold the whole business. Well, here are a bunch that have been acquired, the valuation and the multiple. Maybe you're going out right now and you're raising your seed round. Well, go in here and look at all the recent seed deals that went down, what they raised, what valuation they raised at, and what percent that they sold. There's never been a larger data set of SaaS valuations than what you can get now inside of FounderPath, and we're thrilled to bring it to you. All right, we're going to go back to the YouTube video here in a second, but if you want to check this tool out, if you want to jump in and sign up, you can check it out for free to get your valuation at this link, this link, founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations, or if you go to founderpath.com and hover over products, click on get your valuation here and go ahead and sign up to give it a whirl. Again, all that valuation data live right inside the platform. I hope to see you there. All right, let's jump back into the interview. I mean, look, it's it's always impressive when a founder understands how to drive multiple accounts paying more than a million dollars of AOR. When we had Henry Shuck on, he talked about the Zoom Info IPO. He specifically talked about his $100,000 accounts and his million dollar accounts. So, if you look at uh, if you look at Nehas today and you look at how many customers are paying you, not could pay you, but are paying you a million dollars per year, is that above 10? Yes, it's all, it's almost all our customers pay us million dollars a year. Okay, so you you are a low volume, high 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 ARPU go to market motion. Yes, yes, I, we 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 are focused on the top two hundred to two hundred and fifty institutions around the world. Yep, yep. Okay, got it. So how many? Right. I guess how many? How many paying customers are you working with today? We're talking about a handful, ten, twenty. We don't disclose the number of paying customers at this time, right? To be able to do that because we are doing this, but but you can assume, right, based on our revenue, that um, 
it's it, it, it it's right now it's in the tens, not the hundreds. Got it. And what's your revenue today? Our revenue is close to $40 million in ARR. And where were you exactly one year ago so we can get a growth rate? We are growing about uh, about 20, 25% year over year. Okay. So you were doing about 35 million uh, annualized in October last year. Yeah. And, okay. and we are, and we are also, um, uh, we've been um, cash flow positive, EBITDA positive in the 20% range for a very long period of time. Oh, that's a congratulations. That's huge. Nice work. Yeah. So, so just so, to be clear, that means you did about $6 million of profits last year. Bottom line. Yes. Okay. EBITDA. Wonderful. Are you bootstrapped as well? We are. I'm the main investor in the business. Okay. In terms of doing this, we have not gotten any outside. We have uh, any, any outside institutional investment. We have some angel investment, but it's a very small amount. I think we'd only raise about two to three million dollars. And what year was that? It was almost ten years ago. <laughs> when did you launch the business? What year? Um, the business was launched about twelve years ago. Okay, so twenty. What is that? 2010, 2011? Yeah, somewhere in that range. I don't even remember specifically the date. Okay, got it. And then you raised two to three million in a, in a seed round back then. Most folks, you know, are selling, you know, call it 20, 25% in their seed round. Is that what you did back then? No, we raised we raised very little in our seed round. It was like $300,000 or something of that sort. Ah, okay. So so I think, and then we raised a little bit along the way as we did this. So, so um, obviously the investors own a very small portion of the business. I mean, what, like 10, 20% though, right? I think they own like... Um, I think less than around 15 or seven, around 17%. Okay, got it. And, and I guess, were you already independently wealthy before this? Did you have an exit or something? I've, I've, had, I've, I've done reasonably well. Yes, I've done reasonably well. Um, well, what's your story though? I mean, did you have, were you a really highly paid consultant or did you have another software company you sold or how did you build your yeah, wealth? Yeah, I've had software companies I've sold. I did some investments that kind of worked out reasonably well, right? So, so over the years, I've done well. So that has allowed me to now invest in uh, a few ideas that I find super, super interesting. Yeah. Right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to talk more about where you see this space going specifically for the financial institutions that you're working with. I imagine you have a thesis on that. Before we do that, though, let's just fill out a little bit more of the backstory. How many years did it take you to break a million dollars of revenue? I think we were in million dollars of revenue in year two. Okay. So 2013, you did a million of revenue. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Do you remember when you broke uh, 10 million? I think we grew initially. Uh, it was an interesting cash flow business, right? So we kind of grew, um, like we kind of grew about like 20, 30% year over year for a long period of time, right? And the company just kind of ended up growing. In fact, the interesting story about this company is that until last year, we didn't even have a sales force. It was all word of mouth. Last year was the first year we actually added a sales force. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's so great. Like, and how did you? So teach us then. How did you get your first couple of customers? How did you hit your first million of revenue? I think we had we had one of our kind of the top four banks kind of came to us. Right, we were we were working on some very interesting software related to landing page optimization, and one of the larger institutions came to us, and they thought that the software could be used to really start, kind of manage personalization at scale, and we worked with this institution to actually build out our first. Uh, uh, the first piece of functionality that they were able to deploy at scale. And that allowed them to go from something like 800 offers to basically like 10,000 offers in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Right. 
so the so the so the real story behind um this company is is generally financial institutions are very behind from a personalization and customer experience perspective. Perhaps sorry, just remember though, a big bank doesn't just come to a startup and say we want to <laughs> use you. Okay. So you're you're making this you're I want to make sure you're not putting a gold ban on this and making it sound way easier than it was. You had sold a company previously to R.O. Donnelly back in 2010, and it looked like you were already in this space a little bit. Did you already know this bank from Nimblefish? Yes, yes. I I, I, I have had relationships with these financial and some of these financial institutions for a little while. Yes. Yes. So were they a, were they a paying customer at Nimblefish? Um, they were not a paying customer, but they have heard about me at that time, heard about I, us, me at that time. So they were looking for a solution. And and they were very interested in the technology I was developing. So wh- but when I read the ex- when my research team read the explanation of what Nimblefish does, it's very similar to what you're doing now, which is you're exclusively focused on financial, you know, the financial sector. So if you were going to go right back into the space, why sell Nimblefish in the first place at all? Why not just keep building it? Great question. So Nimblefish was very focused on the production piece. So this company is not like Nimblefish at all, right? What does they that mean, the- production piece? Like actually doing the content production of getting a direct mail piece out or an email out, right? Like what Salesforce or something goes for, right? There's a huge amount of process ahead of the production piece, which is like we have the system of record for products, right? We have the system of record and these institutions for offers. We have the system of record for their compliance, for their disclosures. Mm -hmm. So we manage now their whole end-to-end process. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a very different model. Right. Think about think about us being the ERP type of software for the customer experience. Yep. Yep. Right. Otherwise, otherwise, these financial institutions would not pay. The money they pay us just for the production piece. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. OK, that makes sense. Now, you found when did you found Nimblefish? What year? I don't even remember. I think that was somewhere in the early 2000s right i have i have 2004 but you're you should yeah. know better than me <laughs> you know i'm horrible at dates right as, as as an entrepreneur they seem to just blend together right i get excited about the businesses and i and i i i i i, I don't even remember these uh these dates in fact uh one of my businesses just got like uh, some secondary liquidity generate we did some secondary liquidity and i i've already forgotten I, sh- I should have remembered when I have these big payouts, but I, I don't seem to remember those the exact dates. <laughs> How big was the payout? Um, the payouts have been in tens of millions of dollars, right? <laughs> and why was the right time? Why was now the right time to do the secondary at Zenerate? Um, we wanted to get like the the company's been kind of growing, um, hundred percent year over year. It was it was important to kind of get the right um. Uh, set of uh, talent around the table that can help scale it to the next level. I think I think the best way I explain this is my skill set is kind of the zero to 10 million, right? I'm really good at the zero to 10 million range. And then I think the, the people with better expertise that are kind of in the 10 to $100 million range. So, mm-hmm. I, so for me, sometimes it's good to kind of bring investors along that can help you kind of scale to the next level. And and uh, generate. Are you referring to the round that was done back in June, right? The secondary yes. then. Yes. Okay, you said that secondary there was tens of millions. Yeah. 
I guess what's not being reported because the seed round there is being reported as a $15 million round by volition capital. So how is there tens of millions of secondary if the total round was 15 million? That's the only thing we publicly have disclosed. Okay. So volition put more money on top of that, that maybe wasn't published that it was secondary for early investors and employees. Yeah. I think I, as I said, right. That, that, that was the one we publicly disclosed. Okay, got it. And what is your, I understand you're an investor there, or I mean, how do you work with the founding team over there? I think Brian, Brian's leading that company, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm at this time, the executive director. So I'm very much involved and I kind of help kind of drive the product strategy there. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to reverse engineer the math of how you as an executive director, as a non-founding member would have enough equity to be able to take advantage of a secondary to the tune of generating tens of millions. Because I was, yeah, I, I was, I was the major investor until at that time, right? I was the majority shareholder. Okay. Oh, so, so, so you, own than, you own more than 50% of the company. I, I still own more than 50% of the company. Oh, got it. So you, you, Brian wasn't really a hired gun then for you. Um, he was, he was, he came in and, and I kind of, and he was one of the co-founders and he had a portion of the company, but most of the majority of the company was still owned by me. How did you convince him to join you? I mean, if I'm Brian, I'm going, I'm going to go do my own thing. I don't want Rab to own, you know, 90% and I only own 10. Um, because I have all the infrastructure in place to kind of build the product and, uh, and, um, the infrastructure and he could come in and just be the CEO to drive, drive the business. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He he was also COO at Nehas for a bit. So was this a Nehas spin out to some degree? Um, he he helped Nehas initially to kind of get um do some work and then he wanted to kind of go focus on in, my structure allows me to actually go out and allow me to go out and build new businesses as part of my overall structure. So he ended up kind of wanting to be the co-founder and CEO of Zenray. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how someone like him, I mean, MIT graduate, you know, he was from Forbes, uh, sorry, from Bank of America for many, many years. Uh, and, uh, I mean, really well, I just, I'm, it's, I'm trying to figure out how you convinced him to work for you with such a small equity slug uh, going into it. And your answer is you just had a lot of the stuff already in place. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right. Well, and I guess uh, why was now, I mean, you're already wealthy. So why do, why do a secondary when equity markets are generally compressed? People would say that's pretty bad timing. Well, I think in terms of doing this, first of all, we got uh, a very good um, multiple on the business, right? Not, not, I'm not asking for your data, but what would you consider generally today a good multiple on a SaaS business, B2B? A good multiple on a SaaS business, B2B, I think... Nathan, it all depends on how uh, how what the growth rate is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, of the business, right? If 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 you're if the business is growing hundred percent year over year, I think getting multiple in the double digits is not and it's it's reasonable. It all depends on the growth rate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and okay. how efficient is the growth rate. Yeah. So, I mean, was Zenerate growing more than hundred percent year over year? I see. Okay, got it. So, I mean, fair to say something between like a 10 and 30x multiple on that secondary? Yes. I see. Interesting. Um, just to be clear, that is completely separate in terms of a product use case than Nehas, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, that's a, a simulation training platform. Do you sell that platform also to financial firms? Um, we sell it for uh, it, it, that goes across in multiple horizontal markets. I see. I see. I see. Okay. So back to, so back to Neha. So you break a million dollars of revenue back in 2013. Um, is it what your first $10 million year is what? Uh, 20, 2018, 2019. Um, 
the first ten million dollars, I think, um, I'll have to look it up. I'm not specific. As I said, the company kind of ended up growing about thirty to forty between twenty to forty percent year over year, depending on what the year was. Yeah, that that would put you at about a ten million run rate in around twenty nineteen. I'm not pinning you to that, but it's somewhere around that year, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, interesting. And then I guess how have you? Where, how are you growing the business today? I mean, this is such an impressive story that you've done this bootstrap. People are going to want to learn. I mean, how did you get enterprise clients so quickly? How do you get individual customers paying more than $10 million per year? So I think, so first of all, right. Uh, I mean, you want to build such a strong relationship with, within these enterprises, right. That they come to you with their problems, Right. We didn't get to a $10 million ARR business with one of our clients because we could just do one use case, right? The, the trick behind this is if you solve the problem in, in a way and they feel that you are a true partner of theirs, right? They will come to you with other problems they want to solve for you, right? I mean, IBM at one time kind of created that playbook, Right, uh, where where what what was the saying? Right before before they lost their ways, like you 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 never got fired for buying IBM, right? So once you build this level of trust within these large enterprises and take care of them, they will come to you to solve more and more of the problems. So then, as an entrepreneur, you need to decide: Are you going to build a vertical SaaS company? where you're going to invest more in multiple product strategies or you're going to go build a horizontal SaaS company when you're taking one product out to multiple folks, right? So if you yeah. get your business model right and if you're going to build a vertical SaaS company, well, then you need to be able to invest in multiple use cases and multiple products that go across uh, the whole uh, stack. Yeah, stack like across the whole stack, right? That's the, that's the only way to do that. So, so partly, I think it's like you pick the right business model. Once you pick the right business model, then it comes down to is are you going to create the right infrastructure in place and stay true to your business model? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So your moving forward is going to be to go deeper on your current twenty customers versus trying to go get two thousand new customers. Well, and get more customers like those. Mm-hmm. Right? But there's only so many right. Fortune 100 companies. There's a hundred of them. Well, they are <laughs> actually, they're actually, you don't have to go out to Fortune 100 companies, right? You're, when you go into a financial services space, right? You can go to companies as low as 10 billion in assets. Mm-hmm. So we are not going after thousands of companies, but there are hundreds of those institutions. They're in the hundreds to a thousand institutions on a worldwide basis that are at the market. Understood. That's great. I just realized I'm enjoying this so much. We've run out of time. So just some rapid fire, quick stuff here. Phil, if you can fill out the rest of the tap table here, have you set up an ESOP pool for your employees or no? Yes. 10%? We are close to 14%. Oh, that's great. You're generous. 14% there, investor 17% and you own the rest, right? Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And then you already told us about profitability, which is great. How many folks are full-time on the team today? I think we have close to 210. Wow. Okay. Very cool. This is great. Let's wrap up here with the famous five, Rob. Number one, your favorite business book. Ah, my favorite business book. Um, 
I'm trying to think is what was what would be my favorite business book that I have. Or the one right. you're reading now. <laughs> I'm not, I, I wouldn't call it the one I'm reading right now is my uh, favorite business book. I think my favorite um, business book has to be uh, uh, The Art of Hiring. I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out who, uh, h- how to hire well. I don't remember exactly the name of the book, but... Uh, That's okay. The art, the art of Hiring. Rapid Fire ones. Yeah. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? CEO I'm following or studying, yes. Um, uh, Peter Glasner at Viva. Number He's done an amazing job. $4 million in ca- uh, capital and build. Uh, I mean, w- what an amazing story he is. So he's he's probably the CEO I, I, I look to from a vertical SaaS perspective. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Nehas? My favorite online tool for building um, Nehas is probably Google. Number, I'm not sure number if I have a if I have a specific site or anything that I go to. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, I got I get a good seven to eight hours. And situation, I'm, 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 married, single I'm, kids. Um, I am I'm married with uh, with a daughter who just graduated. Proud dad graduated from MIT, and she's working for a quant hedge fund in New York City. Oh, very cool, very cool. And how old are you? I am fifty six. Rab, take us home. Something you wish you knew when you were 20 years old. Something I wish I did when I was 20 years old or knew? Something you wish you knew. You know, um, it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. Like my, my, my favorite saying to people is that reality will assert itself to so acknowledge it early, but most cases of building any company is learning to how to manage your emotions. Yep. It is because the world world doesn't change as much as you think it really changes. Guys, Rab launched his first company, raised 15 million bucks of equity and sold it to RR Donnelly, then went into about caught 2012 time frame launched Nehas, which is serving financial institutions, helping them to launch customized offers to consumers faster in a more automated way. They broke a million dollars of revenue in 2013, 10 million in 2019. Last year did 35 and today had a run rate of about 40 million bucks. He's done this basically bootstrapped, caught two to three million raised early on. Investors today own 17%, ESOP pool of 14%. He owns the rest and he's really serving 20 specific financial customers. Several of them pay more than $10 million per year. So really deep, not wide. He has said though, moving forward, he'd maybe look at the other hundreds of financial institutions with 10 billion or more in AUM. We'll see what he does next. Rab, thanks for taking us to the top. All right. Thanks, Nathan. Talk soon. One more thing before you go. We have a brand new show every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central. It's called Shark Tank for SaaS. We call it Deal or Bust. One founder comes on, three hungry buyers, they try and do a deal live and the founder shares back-end dashboards, their expenses, their revenue, ARPU, CAC, LTV, you name it, they share it. And the buyers try and make a deal live. It is fun to watch every Thursday, 1 p.m. Central. Additionally, remember, these recorded founder interviews go live. We release them here on YouTube every day at 2 p.m. Central. To make sure you don't miss any of that, make sure you click the subscribe button below here on YouTube, the big red button, and then click the little bell notification to make sure you get notifications when we do go live. I wouldn't want you to miss breaking news in the SaaS world, whether it's an acquisition, a big fundraise, a big sale, a big profitability statement, or something else. I don't want you to miss it. Additionally, if you want to take this conversation deeper and further, we have by far the largest private Slack community for B2B SaaS 
founders. You want to get in there. We've probably talked about your tool if you're running a company or your firm if you're investing. You can go in there and quickly search and see what people are saying. Sign up for that at nathanlacka.com forward slash slack. In the meantime, I'm hanging out with you here on YouTube. I'll be in the comments for the next 30 minutes. Feel free to let me know what you thought about this episode. And if you enjoyed it, click the thumbs up. We get a lot of haters that are mad at how aggressive I am on these shows, but I do it so that we can all learn. We have to counter those people. We got to push them away. Click the thumbs up below to counter them and know that I appreciate your guys' support. All right. I'll be in the comments. See ya.